I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope, and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24-7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship with your host, Claudia Pauls. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship. Today, we're going to focus on healthy relationships, especially those that young people are in. Um, We do realize that young people who start out with a healthy relationship and understand what that involves are going to hopefully really not be in an abusive relationship as they uh, grow up and continue on to become an adult. We do have two ladies joining us today, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Debbie, we'll start with you. Hi, I'm Debbie. I'm the Director of Advocacy Services for Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. Hi, I'm Tori. I am the Child Advocate for Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. And although we will be mentioning this many times throughout the podcast, please call us get online if there is something that you recognize as we're talking today that you need to get some help to talk with someone we are here 24 7 our 800 number is 1-800-828-2023 and also online d-a-s-a-s-m-i dot org and we'd love to hear from you so debbie why don't we start with you as we begin to define what is a healthy relationship A healthy relationship requires honest communication, trust, safety, and respect. And the reason why we're coming um, at this with talking about what is healthy relationships instead of abuse, teens and preteens, they see what's unhealthy and they tend to gravitate towards what's unhealthy. And so we wanna talk about actually what is healthy so they can recognize those things and that be the goal for their relationship instead of just what's unhealthy. Knowing what to look for, especially if it's a first relationship that they may not even be aware of what they're getting into. Absolutely. Um, the, um, The media and um, just what they see in their everyday lives tend to promote unhealthy behaviors. Mm -hmm. Um, We know that 1.5 million high school students will experience dating abuse um, each year in the U.S. And um, the statistics is one in three girls and one in seven boys. And so it's not just Um, girls who are experiencing this it's also boys and so we want to get a positive message out there so that it will not only change their current situation but change lives make them able to realize that they can be 
maybe control. Well, control probably is the right word that they to can maintain be. the control of their mm-hmm. life in an unhealthy relationship. One person is trying to gain or maintain power and control over the other person. They use several different tactics in order to do that. And so we want to let them know um, how to maintain control over their life, their relationships. I need a question. I'm not sure where to go from there. Okay. And so in, um, in a relationship, there's often red flags that come into play that um, teens um, as well as adults don't recognize right away as um, unhealthy signs in a relationship. So we're going to give you a few in order to um, combat these. One is isolation. Someone... Um, so some of these, as if they're red flags, if, if it happens one time, you may not even recognize it right, as right. something the, that... Absolutely. Um, dating violence is a pattern of behaviors. And so I think every relationship may have some unhealthy components, but what constitutes this as abuse? And, um, and it's a pattern of those things. So um, I started with isolation. Isolation is, a, is insisting that someone spends time with only their significant other, making them emotionally and psychologically dependent on the abuser, preventing them from seeing their family and friends or for or from going to school or work. That's one. Tori, why don't you tell them about a couple of the other ones? So with isolation, you also have intensity. Intensity is excessive charm or lying to cover up insecurities, so needing to win over your partner. And you also have jealousy. You also see that a lot with teenagers. They, they may feel that jealousy means that that person loves them. So it's easy to grasp that with a teenager um, well, plus, or pull them yeah. in. And just the fact of how teenagers are, just trying yeah. to create their personalities or become who they are. They Yeah, it's just an insecure time, and I'm, jealousy is a big part of that. Yeah, it really is. And, of course, you have control, which is telling their partner maybe what to wear, who they can and can't hang with, um, checking their phones frequently, their Facebooks, their Snapchats. Um, those are just a couple of them. Okay, we also have sabotage. Um, that's when someone is making the other person miss work, school, or an interview or a test. Um, by starting a fight or having a meltdown, even getting sick, breaking up with them, hiding their keys, um, stealing their belongings, undermining their plans, dreams, self-esteem, and pretending it's all because they love you. Criticism, calling um, someone overweight, ugly, stupid, crazy, ridiculing their beliefs, ambitions, or friends, telling that other person that they're the only one who really cares about them, brainwashing that person to feel worthless. I know a lot of times with, a, with teenagers especially, wanting to belong or, or being able to relax and not have to worry about, well, what if someone doesn't talk to me at lunch or what if, you know, things aren't going to go the way I think they should and having that, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend that isolation may be a part of it, but they just can 
I see how you can get that dependency created because they can just kind of relax and not have to worry about, well, what if my friends don't like me or what if something happens that's bad today? Not seeing that kind of rabbit hole that they're about to fall into. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The last two of the red flags, um, the one is blame. So making a person feel guilty and responsible for his or her behavior, blaming the world for you or his behavior or her problems and emotional manipulation. So basically saying that, that it's that person's fault. Also anger, so overreacting to small problems, frequently losing control, violent outbursts, and having severe mood swings, excessive drinking or partying, and making threats and picking fights is another um, sign of teenage violence. Which is sometimes just a sign of being a teenager, unfortunately. It's that time of life where they're going (laughs) to, you know, not do what they're families or adults may want them to do or try things that they shouldn't. Right. Teenagers are very much trying to find themselves. Um, Teens that are most vulnerable or young people who are most vulnerable to abuse are between the ages of 16 and 24. I know at age 16 I received my license, which gave me a little more freedom. Mm -hmm. And perpetrators or abusers, they are depending on the fact that I have more freedom than I did before. And they're also going to play on the fact that I don't know what to do (laughs) with that freedom Mm -hmm. that I have. And so um, teens can be easily manipulated into um, being controlled by someone in that kind of relationship. And then going into college, your first years away from your parents, you don't have anyone telling you when to come and go, what to do. perpetrators will key in on that. It's usually in high school and in college you'll see uh, upperclassmen targeting lowerclassmen because they tend to be easier to control and manipulate. That's um, another red flag to look for as adults looking in from the outside. Mm -hmm. You know, why is this senior um, attracted to this freshman? Right, and you'll see that frequently whether it's a an mm-hmm. older boy or an older girl exactly just, yeah, yes right. and it's generally because that person is easier to control mm-hmm. so you talked about other adults or adults in teens lives mm-hmm. um, and I think really you're going to look at at a wide range but two kind of specific areas those teens who are repeating the behaviors that they have seen at home and those teens whose parents really need to step in more but whose parents are loving and helpful and what should those Mm -hmm. parents be looking for to help their teen through this parents play a big role in um, their teens lives and they um, and as parents we're the first influence on our children but as they're trying to decide who they want to be in and things we um, they're more influenced by their peers and things. So one thing that parents should look for is changes in their um, teenagers' behavior. Um, their grades dropping. Um, not hanging out with friends anymore. Mm-hmm. Not want to, Did you say that again? Yeah, not hanging out with friends anymore, not wanting to be around family. Um, those are a lot of um, different flags that I noticed. Or myself. not bringing that boyfriend or girlfriend home or to meet people 
Well, that can be one, but Mm -hmm. a lot of times abusers, they want to seem as the trusted, Mm -hmm. charming person. Mm -hmm. And so they want the parents to like them. That way that parent will trust them Mm -hmm. with their child. Um, Yeah, abusers are manipulators, and so they come across very charming. Mm -hmm. And that's why when the abuse is talked about, most people are like, no, not that person. That's a great guy. Mm -hmm. No, not the captain of the football team. No, not Miss um, Blossom Time. She would never. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Blossom Time, that's a local reference (laughs) 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 to my county. (laughs) But, um, you know, she's great. She's this. She's a straight A student. She would never. But violent behavior is learned. Mm-hmm. And if they don't learn a different way, you'll repeat mm-hmm. what you've learned. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not what you want as a part of your life, it has to be intentional for abusers not to reabuse when they've been abused or they've witnessed abuse. Mm-hmm. So how would a teen, it, a, when they begin to realize what kind of a relationship they're in, that it is not a healthy relationship. Okay, one thing we, that... We um, say go to a high school counselor or talk to someone. I mean, what are their first steps? Usually the first person they may go to is a friend, and mm-hmm. it depends on how that friend takes it. If their friend is an understanding person or um, maybe more educated about it, they can show them the right resources. If they don't have a friend, maybe a trusted adult... A lot of people, a lot of teenagers don't have trusted adults or someone they may not think will understand. Um, There's a lot of different resources that they can access on their own without mm-hmm. telling anyone. One is our um, helpline, mm-hmm. which is 800-828-2023. Teens are able to um, call that line and get help when needed. Also, they can also get online, and there are websites that Mm -hmm. are dedicated to teens and what they're going through. One is um, loveisrespect.org. We get a lot of different information and resources for teens from that website. Mm -hmm. Um, RAIN is one as well. mm -hmm. And how is that? I mean, what what are those letters for RAIN? Um, rape, abuse, incest, national network. I believe that's what okay. it stands for. And so for. it really is like R A I N, like R A I N N. Okay. Dot org. That's a good one. Break the cycle. Mm-hmm. That's exactly another that. good one. Um, so there are, and with those national websites, they have um, technology that our some of our local agencies wouldn't have. Teens are able to text. Mm-hmm. And talk to um, peer mm-hmm. advocates, or um, or Snapchat, or different things like that. So using the technology that they already use in order to interface, and it's completely anonymous. They don't have to call a local uh, number, and maybe their mom's best friend answers. It's like, is this Sally? <laughs> you right. know, have to worry oh, that about would be that. terrifying. Yeah. Right. And so, sure. and they can still get help that they need. So, Debbie, you were talking about using the technology that teens are using every day anyway. So, with social media or um, Instagram, hashtag MeToo, all of these kinds of things that are affecting 
everyone, but how are how can teens use this to their advantage? They can join the movement. Yeah. They can um, use their voice to promote um, healthy relationships. They are accessing these things because it's so prevalent in the news. All this week, I don't know about anybody else, but the whole R. Kelly mm-hmm. situation has been in the news. So teens are tuned into that. Yeah. And so when they hear things that... Um, affect their lives or sounds familiar to them, they do go online and find out more information about those things and where to get help. More and more, we're seeing teenagers who are speaking up. Social media is their outlet. That's where they find out everything from. They don't typically watch the news. It's social Mm -hmm. media is first, whether it's Instagram or Snapchat. So they see what's going on, and Mm -hmm. you can easily join a movement by either speaking up, um, reaching out to other people that you see that are speaking out as well. We encourage teens, especially through our red flag campaign, to be a, a good bystander to when they see something unhealthy in a relationship, to say something, to share with others how they can be safe in a relationship and how to get out of an unhealthy relationship. That would be, I would think, scary for a teenager. Sometimes what exists as uncomfortable and awful as it may be is sometimes just better than not knowing what's going to come next or ending what is currently happening so you had mentioned you know part of that in a controlling factor is if that person takes your phone or looks up what you've been looking at online Mm -hmm. so how would you address that with a with a a teen saying okay now i'm 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 calling you on this 800 number and my boyfriend's going to pick my phone up and know I did it. A lot of that comes through um, safety planning with each person that we speak to on, especially on a one-on-one basis, we go through and create a safety plan Mm -hmm. for that person. And we have safety plans that are tailored for teens. A few of the questions that we ask them, we could give them tips, but it's better that they come up with the answers for what Mm -hmm. they need to do in their safety plan themselves. So a few of the questions that we ask in a safety plan is what's the safest way for you to get to and from school, especially if you have to take a different route than you did before. If you need to leave school in an emergency, how can you can get home safely by what means? Um, can you make sure that a friend walks to and um, from with you in class? Make sure that when, if you call a place to get help, that you delete that off of your phone. A lot of our um, websites, when you um, log on to them, it will say um, there's a warning on there, stop. You know, you may be being monitored. Mm -hmm. Um, If you need to quickly um, leave this website, click this button, and it will take you out of it. Erase your cookies. If you don't know Mm -hmm. on your phone, if you Mm -hmm. don't know how, figure out how, because you're absolutely right. A lot of abusers will track um, someone's phone use, text use, and email and online um, activity. And so safety planning is always key for um, students who um, or teens who are in an abusive relationship. And if we have some of those teens listening now, if they call 
hopefully when they call, you'll be able to talk them through how they're going to protect themselves from reaching out. Absolutely. And the crazy thing about it is we keep telling people how to protect themselves from being in an an abusive relationship, but victims don't choose Mm -hmm. to be in. Oh, sure. And so there are safety measures that we can do and red flags to look out for. But it's more about educating abusers not to abuse than victims not to be victims. No one teaches us how to be a victim. Someone chooses to make us victims. You know, well, honestly, so, it's so there are there is a group of it's usually girls. I mean, I've I've been in a high school for 43 years that sabotage themselves on purpose. It is the most heartbreaking thing to watch. And we'll get two or three of these kids every year. It's like they they have every tool to succeed and and don't. It's like it's almost on purpose. They'll get to the edge or they'll they'll and it's not sometimes it's substance abuse, but it isn't. A lot of times lot when of times. I see that, I think what's their story? Yeah. There is mm-hmm. something that's right. going on with them. They've been victimized in some way. And even on the outside where it looks like they have everything going for them, there's something going on within them that's not showing their scars are not showing that is so it's not them um sabotaging themselves as much as predators that are out hunting for them Mm -hmm. and so um right exactly it's not um what's wrong with you why are you doing this it's what's happened what's causing you to make these decisions and and so it's it's and it's usually layers of things Mm -hmm. things that we wouldn't even Mm -hmm. realize um the death of a loved one that's trauma it and when trauma is happening in a youth's um, life especially in their developmental years Mm -hmm. it changes the way their brain um, Mm -hmm. functions and so you can have a child who is academically excelling but emotionally crumbling right and their emotional um, weakness does not um, take away from their academic success but you can see it playing out in other areas of their life and that could very well mean that um, the emotional part of their brain their their right brain has been um, damaged because of toxic stress, because of high cortisol levels. And so they're not intentionally sabotaging themselves. They don't know how to deal. They don't have the skills. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if they if they don't succeed, it's almost a protection that no one is then going to pay attention to what's going to happen to them going forward. It, it may be um, self-protection, mm-hmm. um, but... Again, I always look at what's their story, mm-hmm. what's causing this. Um, it could be childhood sexual abuse. So many um, young people don't tell, and so we don't know mm-hmm. what's going on. And um, the warning signs, there's not just one particular warning sign that you can look at someone and say, well, um, of course this is what's going on. The warning signs and the symptoms of someone who's been or have experienced um, abuse in their early years can vary. 
And so um, if we're seeing things that concern us as trusted adults with a child, then you have that conversation, you know, hey, you know, I, I've noticed this. I, I care about you. Just so you know, if you need anything, I'm here. I, I'm an open door. I'm a safe person that you can talk to. Um, I'll have cookies and brownies waiting <laughs> <laughs> um, so we can have, you know, any conversation that you want. And tell them that whatever you say to me, as long as you're not a harm to yourself, a harm to someone else, or you're not telling me about any ongoing child abuse, as much as I can, I'll keep that between us. And when they tell you something, keywords, I believe you. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I believe you. And what would you like to see happen? How can I help? We need, um, I was told that we're given two ears and one mouth because we need to listen twice as much as we speak and just letting them get their story out is key well and you had mentioned earlier as you're asking them questions hoping they come up with their own answers rather Mm -hmm. than you providing an answer Mm -hmm. for them this has been a great discussion helpful for teens involved in an abusive relationship and also caring adults who are looking for ways to help teens survive and and get beyond these relationships. Please remember our 800 number, 1-800-828-2023, and always get online at dasismi.org. We are there to help. We are there to um, continue a conversation or start a conversation or offer some ways to, to improve the situations that you are in. We are planning to continue with this conversation in our next episode and we hope you'll be able to join us thank you for listening to i'm not in an abusive relationship if these stories resonate with you and you need help please visit our website dasasmi.org that's dasasmi.org or call our hotline at 800-828-2023 we are here to walk alongside you now if you know someone who might benefit from our show please share it. Social media, email, simply telling someone about it all help us spread the word and help us to combat domestic and sexual violence. We also welcome financial and volunteer support. That information is on our website. Thank you to the staff, volunteers, and board of directors at Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. This podcast is produced with the help of a committee of dedicated advocates. Thank you to WBET Radio in Sturgis, Michigan for the use of their studio. This has been a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence and a production of Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services of Michigan.